Very good, very good. Uh, welcome, everyone, to another episode of uh, Trials with a Z. And uh, hello to our special guest, John Lynn. Hi, John. How are you doing? Doing great. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Thank you. And I have a, I have a, usually I just have one thing, but I have a whole whole list. You got a lot going on here. So <laughs> so I've got the um, uh, healthcarescene.com, uh, right? Yeah. Uh, that The Health IT Expo. And then the healthcare IT today interviews. Uh, so, so I see the the healthcarescene.com that goes back to 2005. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. I started blogging on healthcarescene.com 16 years ago, which is crazy. Like I feel old just saying that, but <laughs> wow. Yeah, it's been a long time. Well, so tell us a little bit about the history of that and and, and how you got started, um, and uh, uh, and what you're doing with it today. Yeah, so 16 years ago, I was really just bored on a weekend. I was working at UNLV. I implemented their electronic medical record, the one for students. So, you know, I was bored on a weekend. I said, oh, I should share my knowledge about EMR and, you know, with the other people. I figured it was a good resume builder. And I was really just learning search engine optimization. So I wanted to be on the first page of Google for the search term EMR. So I was just screwing around having fun, right? Well, I started building it and I was like, wow. Oh, when people click on ads, this is worth a lot of money. Turns out if you're going to buy a million plus, you know, all the way up to $9 billion EHR, you you know, you'll pay money for ads. So anyway, I discovered that niche and started just hammering it out. Long story short, 12 years ago, they, they offered $36 billion of stimulus money for EMR for EHRs and right, right. quit the day job and been doing it full time ever since. Excellent. Excellent. And so, um, and so, uh, uh, how did it expand into the, uh, the other areas you've got the, the expo, you've got the, is it a podcast, the, 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 the talk show podcast? Yeah. So it's interesting healthcare scene. Now we look at it as two communities, really. We have the healthcare IT community at healthcare IT today, where we have three podcasts, 400 episodes that we've done. We've published 15,000 articles over that oh, wow. time. And then we also have a healthcare marketing community called Hitmic, which hitmic.com. It's, it's for healthcare B2B marketing. So we do a conference, we have a publication there as well. So yeah, I mean, it's just, you know, you know how these things are. You start with one and then you just see another opportunity. You keep growing. Got it. And where, where, how did you get interested in, in the healthcare space to start with? Maybe take us back to, to how you got, got started in the industry. Yeah. So I was actually living in Hawaii at the time. And, uh, you know, I thought to myself, what, why should I live in paradise when I could live in hell in Las Vegas? And so I, <laughs> that was, I, I mean, really, I wanted to get off the rock, as they say, in Hawaii. I was ready to get closer to family. You know, I mean, it was great to live in Hawaii, but I was ready to be back and found a job at UNLV in the Health and Counseling Center. Really was working in higher ed IT at the time, right? I worked at BYU-Hawaii and then eventually at UNLV, but they hired me in their counseling center and their health center for students. And so that was my first entry into healthcare. In fact, during the interview, they said to me, so tell us about your experience in healthcare. And I'm like, well, I've been to a doctor. Does that count? Right. <laughs> and they almost didn't hire me because of that, actually. <laughs> they were like, okay, we have someone with healthcare experience and we have an IT guy who knows tech and Luckily, they chose me. Oh, nice. Okay, okay. So you started out uh, 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 pure, purely in tech, and then and then it's just a matter of of that was uh, you know that's where you kind of started working. And yeah. Then, and then and then the healthcare part came after that. How, what? Um, how did you end up in Hawaii? 
Yeah, so first job right out of college, got a job at BYU-Hawaii. I actually applied on a whim. It was like, oh, yeah, this is kind of a joke. Let's apply to Hawaii. Let's move there. And uh, anyways, I applied for the job. And here's the funny part. They sent me that letter, you know, the letter that you get, like, thanks, but no thanks. And so I was like, eh, I was just kidding, right? That wasn't real. I wasn't going to move to Hawaii. And then, like, a week later, they emailed me and said, hey, we want to interview you. I'm like, wait, didn't you? (laughs) Anyway, long story short, they hired me sight unseen. I moved to Hawaii, never having been there. And uh, yeah, it was a great experience. Wow. Wow. How long were you there? Uh, Two years. Two years. Okay. Okay. What uh, what part of Hawaii? Yeah, so it was Oahu, but I lived up on the North Shore. So it it was really neat. You know, my, my son was born there, which is a cool experience. Like talk about experiencing healthcare, right? I even did a week in Waikiki when he had a health issue and had to go racing through the island to the other side because I called up my local hospital, which in Hawaii, right, it's rural up north. There's not much. The hospitals couldn't do much. In fact, when we were having the first child, they said, oh, you know, someone came in and we were being induced. They're like, we may have to kick you out if uh, if they're going into labor because we can't do an inducement and a baby at the same time. <laughs> we're like, really? This is that small? And so we called them up and said, hey, uh, he has a fever. And they're like, hey, if you bring him here, we're just going to ambulance him to Honolulu. So we booked it, you know, fastest I've ever driven on the <laughs> on the Leaky Leaky Highway ride all the way to Honolulu. So it's quite an adventure. Wow. Well, that reminds me of the show. Remember the show from the 80s? Magnum <laughs> P.I. was no, he, he drove the Ferrari around the <laughs> island, right? Yeah, I was driving a minivan. It wasn't quite the same experience. But <laughs> Very nice. So you're, you're, you're IT major, I assume, right? Some computer science, something of that nature? Yeah, you know, I was started studying computer science and I went to my brother who is a computer science major and I was like, hey, I want to work with tech, but I don't want to program. He's like, go check out the business school. They have an information systems one. Maybe that's for you. I went and checked it out. It was heaven on earth. It was like, okay, I can work in the business. I like business. I like technology. At my heart, I'm really an entrepreneur. But I was like, I love technology and the way it transforms anything that it touches. So that's what I love, right? Whether it was higher ed IT or whether it's healthcare now, I love the way technology can just transform stuff. Awesome. In fact, Amanda and I, right before right before the show, um, we were talking about what, what's the difference between uh, uh, IT and uh, IS. You don't hear much about IS anymore, right? It was uh, information systems versus information technology, something yeah. like that. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't really matter at the end of the day, right? right it's like, right. what are your skills? And in technology, do you even need a degree at the end of the day? Maybe yeah. in healthcare you do, right? Because right, they value right. degrees because they valued it so much with doctors and nurses. And so it kind of carries over. But at the end of the day, if you can do the work, like it doesn't really matter. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Nice. So, so you get on this, you're on the uh, journey to IT, right? Looking for something, um, you know, that, 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 that connection between business and technology where you don't want to, did you ever do any programming or it was just coding not for you? Yeah. So fun fact, I actually quit the day job not to be a full-time blogger. I quit it to do a, a entrepreneurial, I basically had discovered GoFundMe, the model of that, right? Okay. Like that, hey, you know, people just want to give money. They don't want to deal with all the other crap, right? Just give my money to the cause that I care about. Right, right. And so I was, I quit to start that. But of course, the blogs were paying my wages, my kids are providing for my family. And so I quit to do that. And so during that first six months, I was just programming this application to raise money for high school sports teams and and different organizations that, you know, along the same GoFundMe model. The problem is the blogs just kept growing and growing and growing. And then I was like, okay, well, I got reality and I got potential and I got to decide what to do. And eventually I reluctantly shut it down and just 
went all in on the blogging and of course everything else I've created. Awesome, awesome. And how, how did that work? If, if I remember correctly, so, and, and I don't know if they use, still use the same nomenclature, but um, you had, uh, and, and you know, still to this day, folks use Google AdWords to, to place ads. But then as I remember, it used to be called, maybe it's still called Google AdSense, was it AdSense? Yeah, yeah. And then they're putting the, the ads on your on your blog. Is that how, yeah, yeah. how it works? No, that's how I started, right? Okay, that's how I, I put the work. Google okay. AdSense on there, right? And it, you know, was getting clicks and was making money. I got invited to the very first meeting they ever did like in person with Google AdSense people, publishers here in Las Vegas. They came wow. and they're like, this is the first event we've ever done in person with people because they always did it virtually, right? They're like, we didn't, they didn't think about it. And so I went to that one because I was doing really well, right? Making right. ads and, you know, EHR vendors were advertising and they were getting clicks and it was working out well. Uh, but yeah, I mean, the problem is it just fell off a cliff, like the pricing oh, really? and stuff, at least in my niche, it, it, would, right. it didn't deliver the same results as I could directly. And I got to know all of the companies that I could work with directly. And so I still have some Google ads up there, just, you know, it's somewhat sentimental value, somewhat, I just want to see how it's performing right. as compared to other advertisers. But uh, yeah, I still have it. I think I have the t-shirt too, you know, first ever Google AdSense t-shirt. Oh, wow. Nice, nice, <laughs> nice. Epic. So, so, so was, did something happen like that, that made it fall off like that Do you, or, or, or it just was, just was progression of, of a variety of things? Yeah. I mean, for me, I think it fell off because yeah, if you remember it, was it 12 years ago, 15 years ago, something like that, they gave $36 billion of stimulus money for EMR. Oh, I, I so, do remember. Yeah, yeah. Right on. Yeah. I think it was, I think it was, um, Right around 2000, yeah, 2009 to 2010. Yeah, it was the yeah. RS stimulus package, right? Yeah. When it, when they did that, what is it, trillion dollar, which at the time we're like, we're spending a trillion dollars. But now after COVID, we're like, oh, we spent five trillion. I guess the trillion was small. Right, right. And the, other, the other thing about that, it was a double-edged sword because it was it was great to get folks to adopt, you know, EHR. But I, I often wonder, was that quick adoption you know, part of the, the reason why it's so fragmented today, because one challenge in, in, in EHR is everyone's on a different, you know, everyone's on a different version. And yeah. so folks were so quick to quick to adopt before there was any kind of standardization at, at, at the time. Yeah. And I don't think the standardization was the problem. It was the intent of what people thought an EHR would deliver. Ah. So people thought it would deliver interoperability and you'd be able to just share data easily between the systems. Right. That's not what EHRs were. EHRs were these big billing engines that got people paid quicker. And right, so right, right. that's the problem, right? And in fact, they literally yanked the language out of the High Tech Act, which was part of ARA, the stimulus package, that around interoperability because they knew they just couldn't deliver it because they weren't developed that way. Of right, course, right. it was a shovel-ready project, remember, right? Like this trillion dollars of shovel-ready stuff that will stimulate that took about like three years before any money was spent and then another like six, eight years to spend it all. It's like crazy. Wow, 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 wow. Very cool. So so, so speaking of, of speaking of the pandemic, how, it, it, how has that kind of changed what you're, what, what, what you're, what you're doing or your approach, if, if, if it has? Yeah, I mean, I don't think it's changed too much for us. I mean, events were interesting, right? I think, right. but we're almost back to normal there. I think oh, you cool. know, like for the most part, people want to be there. In fact, there's been these like celebratory conferences where you go there and you see these old friends and you're like, man, reunited again. I can't believe it. You know, you're just so right, excited. Right. So. You know, I mean, but we were lucky because we've been digital first since the beginning. And so 
you know, it was hard because of our events, but from a publishing standpoint, we were already ready to do digital. So that wasn't a problem. Now in the bigger healthcare space, they're still suffering, right? Like right, right. the budget suffered from lack of patients coming in, many patients that haven't come back, the burnout of all the doctors and nurses and they're leaving, the staffing crisis in healthcare right now is actually pretty scary. And you can't just like churn up doctors the way Amazon churns up factory workers, right? right like right. it's what, 10 years to go through the whole you know, MD process. So like you're not churning up more doctors. If they're gone, they're gone. And so, you know, that's going to be a real crisis for us. Yeah, absolutely. It's interesting because, you know, fo folks often think of, of, of doctors because they're, you know, they're highly educated and, and we think of the science, but it's, it's, you know, it's, it's a, um, it's a hands-on profession. It's a very specific skill. And I think right now, lots of labor markets, whether it's, uh, you know, physician or, or an accountant, those very specialized skills, um, uh, incredible demand in, 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 the, in the labor market. Yes. So, so speaking of that, what do you think, what do you think's next? So we kind of talked, uh, talked about the past, what, what direction do you think, uh, uh, uh these things are headed? Yeah. Well, I, I mean, healthcare has all sorts of challenges, right? And I like to say if, if it was easy, it would have been done long ago, right? <laughs> like what's the point of, you know, like it, if it, it's not easy, it's all hard, but there's something really fascinating for me. And I see it as like the confluence of all these different pressures. One is one that you mentioned right around the EHR right. and the fact that now we have the data right? Like think about value-based care. That's like kind of a buzzword, like let's move to value and let's actually treat the whole person rather than just, you know, treat them like a, you know, a cog in our system that we're going to churn through as quick as we can. Let's actually keep them healthy and get paid for doing that. Think about how you would do value-based care in a paper world. You're like, okay, I want to identify all the patients that have high blood pressure and this symptom and that, and you're like, okay, what am I going to do? Go through all 10,000 paper charts and like find it. Now it's two clicks. And I'm like, oh, these are all the ones that are at risk. Like this is a massive change. So that's like one is the data is there from the EHR. It's data is there from the sensors. And then we also have the increase of computing power, the power of cloud, the speeds that are happening, right? To be able to process all that data and make sense of it. That's happening right now too. The interoperability, the communication systems. Before, okay, let's say you did finally figure out who you wanted to take care of in a value-based cared world. Well, what would you do then? send them a letter that says, hey, uh, your blood pressure is out of whack, right? Like right. now we can do that. It's a simple text message or email and boom, they get the information. So when you combine the data, the AI, the communication systems, everything that's happening, like what, what we haven't done in healthcare is package that into something that's like really beautiful. And so like to me, I look at it and I compare it to the iPhone. Think about what the iPhone did. Did, did Apple invent anything? Not really, maybe a few small things, but they packaged all the innovation. The Gorilla Glass from Corning, right? The, the accelerometer from someone else, the GPS and all the GPS data from it, the touchscreen, the processors from, you know, the Snapdragon processors that they inputted. They just packaged it in a way that made it useful, but it was this confluence of innovations that made the iPhone change the world. And a great marketing team. <laughs> <laughs> that didn't hurt either, right? <laughs> so, so when's the next? Uh, when's the next conference? 
Yeah, so we're going to actually bring it here to Las Vegas at the end of January, beginning of February. We got our healthcare marketing conference. You can check it out at healthitmarketingconference.com. We got some fun stuff planned. It's at the Palms, which you guys know, at 42nd floor or 53rd floor. We have our meals. We have our party overlooking the strip. It's incredible. But, you know, it's great to just bring healthcare marketers together and, and be able to connect and engage. And then, you know, for the fall conference season, I think we have like 15 conferences for Healthcare IT Today that we're going to be at and covering what's happening. So, oh, wow. It's exciting oh, wow, times. Wow. Are, are it international or, or, or uh, US based? You know, we've done some international, but right now it's mostly US based. Uh, I think I may do a trip to Israel because there's so much innovation happening in right, Israel, right. if you've ever experienced that, like the digital health there and the fact there's only like four systems. So it's a great place in Israel to do like a pilot project for health IT, see if it works, and then bring it to the U.S. Awesome. Awesome. So again, uh, it's uh, uh, healthcare IT, uh, uh, excuse me, healthcarescene.com. Uh, that's the primary one. And then the, 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 the podcast is uh, Healthcare IT Today Interviews. And is there, a, is there a website, YouTube? What's the best place to see that? Yeah, the best place is to go to healthcareittoday.com for all okay. the health IT content. Go there, go there directly. Awesome, awesome. And I have one last question. One sure. last question. How do you spell trials? <laughs> it depends on how what trial it is, right? You know, if I'm in deep in the trials, I always end it with a Z. <laughs> Thank, you. Thank you, my friend. I appreciate it.